Well, good morning, church. I was excited to see you this morning. I didn't know it was going to be here doing this, uh, but I I am super uh, excited just to be with you. And um, you know, it's interesting as Julie said, the uh, you know the Lord was orchestrating all things uh, and preparing us for this morning. And um, one of the things that over the past week or so, even as I met with our West County staff team, um, that we talked about was just this idea that the psalmist writes about in Psalm 46 of "Be still." And know that I am God. And if you're like me, sometimes that's really hard to be still. Um, a lot of times, I mean, I think about so many times in conversations this past week and people have said, hey, how's it going? It's probably like you're like, oh, man, it's really busy right now. I mean, between three kids, they're all playing sports and everything else going on. We're just super busy. And that's, those things are good and I'm thankful for those things. But we're so busy doing Um, So we're not human doings. We are created to do things, but we're human beings. And part of being is to be still and to know that he is God and to be in the presence of the Lord. And so that's something the Lord had been stirring in me over this past week or so. And and so this morning, as we found out that Pastor Bob was sick and so heard where Julie was going, thought, well, what if we just do that as a church? If we just calm our minds, we calm our hearts, and we just spend some time seeking the Lord together in prayer. And this is, prayer is not some side thing that we do. Prayer is part of our act of worship. It's part of our crying out to the Lord, seeking the Lord. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to have a time of guided prayer. But before we do that, I just want to share some thoughts about prayer um, as, we, as we begin this time. You know, I think even in the church, uh, there's times that prayer is twisted. It's redefined or we're confused about what it means. Prayer isn't just a stale tradition. It's not just a ritual. It's not a good luck charm. It's not something we do just to appease God, like he's a cosmic genie. We're trying to appease him to get what we want from him. That's not what prayer is. At its essence, prayer is simply talking to God. The God who spoke the universe into creation. The God who gives us life and breath. The God who holds all things together and the God that redeems us, that saves us from our sin through the life, death, and resurrection of his son, Jesus, he invites us to come to him. He invites us to talk with him. And we do that in prayer. But see, God doesn't only want us to talk to him, but in the vastness of all that he's created, do you know that he cares about you personally? Personally. All that's going on in the universe, all that's going on in the world And he cares about you personally. He sees where you are. He knows your hurts. He knows your struggles. He knows your joys. And he cares about you personally. And I realize that for some of us this morning, we come in in all different places. Whether you're here with us in St. Charles, you're in Iola, you're watching us online, wherever we're at this morning, we may be at a place where we may be struggling to believe that, that that's true. God, I've been crying out to you and yet, What I've been crying out for hasn't happened. Doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. He does. Doesn't mean that God doesn't see you. He does. God is near to you. He is sovereign. He is holy. He is loving. He is good. He sees you and he is with us. He cares about us personally. How can we not pray to such a loving God? How can we not thank him for what he has done for us? How can we not cry out when we need help, when we need forgiveness, when we're afraid, when we give thanks for blessings or 
We question how we're going to get our next meal or pay that other bill. Or as Julie said this morning, in the parenting and relationship struggles, what are we going to do to even take the next step forward? Why would we live a life apart from God? Why would we not seek him? Why would we not cry out to him when he invites us to come to him? God makes himself available to us and he wants to hear from us. He truly wants to hear from us, corporately and individually. He invites us and he hears us. And there may be, as you think about prayer, so many verses um, that we could look to in scripture that talk about prayer and crying out to the Lord. And one of the beautiful things I think about the Psalms is that um, we see a lot of different cries to the Lord, right? Not everything in the Psalms is tied up nicely with a bow. Um, Just take a look at David who wrote the majority of the Psalms. There's times where he is crying out in anguish, Lord, where are you? And other times he is praising and he is rejoicing. So there's lots of places we could look. I just wanna share a few uh, verses and thoughts this morning. Second Chronicles uh, chapter seven, verses 14 and 15. These may be familiar as Israel. There's a lot that's going on. There's, ju- there's judgment that's coming, that's come. There's captivity. There's all these things that are, that are playing out. And it says this in Second Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear them from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears will be attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. You know, it's striking that he doesn't say that I might hear them from heaven. I might forgive their sins. He says, I will. He says, I will hear them. I will hear their cry. I will forgive them. I will heal them. David writes in Psalm 6, verses 8 and 9, Depart from me, all you workers of evil, for the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. In Psalm 34, the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous and his ear towards their cry. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. The Lord is near to us. Even when we can't sense his presence, even when we can't understand why the things are happening the way that they are, we know that we can trust the word of God and who he's revealed himself to be, that he is near to us even in those moments. And that that healing that we desire, that may not happen the way we want on this side of heaven, but because of the finished work of Jesus, we know that ultimately we will be healed and all things will be restored because of who God is and what he has done on our behalf. So prayer is not about a formula. No well-chosen words can impress God, the author of time and space, the creator of the universe as we know it. Prayer is about obedience. He wants us to trust in him, to acknowledge our dependence on him, to draw near to him, to draw near to the one who first loved us. And when we draw near, we can do so with confidence, not because of anything good in and of ourselves, but because of who we are in Christ Jesus, his sons and daughters whose sins have been forgiven. So if you're in Christ, this is true for you. Hebrews 4, verses 14 through 16, we read, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. 
Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. As sons and daughters, we live in a relationship with our Lord and prayer is an important part of that relationship. Prayer changes us, doesn't change God. Prayer helps us see God for who he is, which in turn helps us to see us for who we are. So as we come before the Lord, we wanna do so with a humble confidence, with a posture of submission that we see demonstrated by Jesus. We're in the garden. He said, yet not my will, but your will be done. So we can come humbly, we can come confidently, but come also with a posture of submission. So what we wanna do as we continue to worship together is to come before the Lord in prayer. And oftentimes, if we're being honest, that time of prayer is petitions, right? We're crying out to the Lord for something for us or for someone we know. And that, there's nothing wrong with that. Like we're invited to do that and absolutely is a part of prayer, but it should be a part of prayer. It's not prayer as a whole. And so what we wanna do is not just come before the Lord uh, intercessing. We are gonna do that. But we wanna come before the Lord and we wanna have prayers of praise, and prayers of thanksgiving and prayers of confession. And that's where we're gonna begin. And then we're gonna have a time of, of intercession. So I just wanna take a moment just to quiet our hearts and our minds as we begin, as we continue to worship and begin this time of guided prayer. We're gonna begin, as I said, with just a time of praise and thanksgiving. So we wanna praise God for who he is and we wanna thank God for what he has done. And so that may look like this. It may be saying, Father, I praise you because you are. And then pray as the Lord leads. Or Father, I thank you for. And then pray as the Lord leads. So let's just take a couple moments to do that where we are and then uh, we'll come in and we'll begin our time of prayer of confession. So let's just take a moment to just praise the Lord and give him thanks for who he is and for what he's done. Take a moment for a time of prayer of confession to confess to God our sin. And here's the beauty. Here's what the gospel tells us that in Christ, the power of sin has been defeated. 
but the presence of sin remains and we can come before him unafraid because we know that the blood of Jesus covers all sins. And so let's come before our heavenly father now, just a prayer of confession. And that may look like just saying, Father, I confess that and then pray as the Lord leads. church, let's come before the Lord with our prayers of petition and intercession. So this may be personal needs that you have um, or needs within your family. And so that might look like just saying, Father, I ask for, or I ask that. And we also want to intercede on behalf of others. So it's petition and intercession. So we want to cry out to God on behalf of others. And so there's so many ways that we could pray for other people. Think about yesterday, the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and the fact that probably for all of us, um, we remember vividly, it's one of those days you remember where you were when that happened. Um, and even watching videos and seeing pictures over the last several days, it just stirred things in me again, remembering of where I was on that day. And for many of us, we, we think about where that was and we know that our country has changed and the world has changed in the 20 years since. But there are families who that day changed their lives in ways that we um, maybe can't fully comprehend, that they lost a loved one in the attack, civilians, first responders, and then those who have lost loved ones serving in the military, um, fighting in the wars that have followed. So we can intercede on behalf of, of those families who have lost someone, intercede on behalf of our city and our leaders. So if you're here, it can be St. Charles, it can be St. Louis as a whole. If you're watching online, wherever you're from, pray for the, your city and your leaders. Pray for our country and our leaders. We can pray for our world. So let's take a moment now just to cry out to the Lord with our petitions and our intercessions.
Father God, we thank you that you are near to us, that you are not a God that is distant. You are not a God that is far off, but that you are near to us. Father, we thank you that we can come before you, that we can cry out with prayers of praise and thanksgiving, that we can come before you unafraid and we can confess our sin knowing that the blood of your son Jesus covers all sin. And so we thank you that we can come before you unafraid. And Father, we thank you that we can come before you with our own needs, petitions, and on behalf of others as well. Father, I realize that for some of us this morning, maybe we don't even have the words to fully articulate what we're feeling, what we're wrestling with, or even the words to pray. But Father, we thank you that your word tells us that, that even when we don't have the words to say, that your Holy Spirit within us is crying out on behalf in ways that we can't even begin to understand, but he is interceding for us. And your son Jesus is seated, seated on the throne and he intercedes for us as well. So we thank you for that. We thank you who you are. We thank you that we can come together unafraid in your presence and worship because of the finished work of your son, Jesus. We thank you for this time that we've had to worship, to worship through song, to worship through giving, to worship through a time of prayer. Father, God, I pray as we continue to worship, your Holy Spirit would continue to move, that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, friends, as we said, the fact that our sins are forgiven and the fact that we can come before the Lord has nothing, nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with Jesus. His life, his death, and his resurrection. Because the grave could not hold him. And it is because of his finished work that we have the hope that our sins can be forgiven. And so we wanna celebrate that. We wanna remember that and what that means for us and the freedom that we have in Jesus. And so we're gonna participate in the Lord's Supper together here in just a moment. And so um, if you didn't receive elements, I think we have some that we can bring to you. And if you're at home, you can grab some bread, grab some juice, and you can participate with us as well. Just a quick note, if you have not participated in the Lord's Supper with us, these little prepackaged deals, there's two separate tabs. There's one for the wafer, one for the juice. But before we take the Lord's Supper together, I just wanna read these words from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul writes, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. chapter 11, verse 25. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until 
he comes. Church, let's pray together. Father, again, we just thank you that we can come together. We thank you for the finished work of your son, Jesus. We thank you that you love us. Father, we love because you first loved us by giving your son, Jesus, the greatest sacrifice the world has ever known. And so we thank you for that. And we thank you again for this opportunity we have now to continue to worship together. We pray confidently in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.